feeling a little bit more perky than I was driving over here. Oh, I thought you were going to say then last week. You were mad at the book last week. <laughs> I need to make some decisions about, like, I need to put the explicit tag on the podcast for last week. Um, or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or beep out a lot. Oh, yeah, I made... That's uh, what happens when you drink, when you... What do we do? Podcast. Podcast. I was going to say blog. <laughs> Drinking and blogging. On the rocks is what that's called. Awesome. How'd you feel about the book this week? I have feelings, but I feel like it involves a very long explanation, and I don't know if you want me to get into it. Yeah, get into it. Okay, so... That's the name of this podcast. Get okay. into it. Oh, that's what I was like, here's the alternate tagline to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why this makes me laugh. <laughs> We're reading it so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I started where we're supposed to start, and it is a very long chapter about a game. Yes. And I was feeling very demoralized, and I was like, I don't know, like maybe I'm not smart enough for this book, and I just need some help. And so I started Googling, like, how to read Infinite Jest. Or, and that led me to some articles written by women about reading Infinite Jest, which made me feel better because some of the things I said in the beginning are true. But also, I was, like, trying to look up themes, like, themes in this. And it's really hard to read any of the reading aids without having spoilers. Okay. So... It's kind of like, but then it also means that it's impossible to explain this book without knowing how it ends, right? Okay. Because if they're like trying to explain this passage, but then they have to reference stuff that happens later on. Right. Is that, anyway. Well, yeah, no, that's, a, I mean, that's a frustration that is, I, I did come up, I mean, there's a notion of a, there's a notion of a work that intends you to read it more than once, right? Oh, I'm not going to. You made a very sad face <laughs> as I said that. Um, like, uh, let's do the classic example. Example? Memento, right? The movie Memento, yeah. right? Like, you experience it once, um, and then it's very confusing as you experience it the first time. And if, if you do watch it a second time, there's a lot of layers and, and things that you're feeling about the character. I had to read that movie. That, uh, that, or even of, okay, that maybe, makes sense maybe you don't even have enjoyable. to watch it twice, but it, it, I guess it rewards ruminating on it in a retrospective fashion, right? Okay. Even if you only watch it once, when you get to the end, you think back to 90 minutes ago when you started watching it. That's a very because it, nice way. It's only, I don't know how long that movie is. It's not longer than 22 hours. So that's a that's a thing that exists in the world. I would be very sad if this book is in that category because when we get to the end, it will have been thirteen weeks since we started reading it, and I do not want to ruminate on it anymore. <laughs> well, I don't want to <laughs> reread it. I was uh, bring up a lot. My you know my brother was. Uh, Did he finish? No, he's he's no, he's still just a little more than halfway done. I think, but he. Um, 
texted me about some some connection he had made uh, and was asking if I remembered where a particular passage was, like, in the first, like, I don't know, 100 pages of the book. And he was having trouble f- searching for it in his Kindle. And I was like, I don't want to go look. you can't find look. it in the Kindle? I don't want to go look at those pages. <laughs> I don't want to flip back. It I made go backwards. you internally tired yeah. to think about having to root through all this. Yeah. So the other thing that I did was Dan mentioned that the Decemberist play Eschaton. Is that how you say it? A, a toast. Sounds good to me. We don't. I think there should just be a general. I, I should add a disclaimer to the beginning of all of these and say we don't know how to say any of these words. Okay. So the game that they're playing, which is tennis and war games. Yeah. And so there's a Decemberist video where they play it in the video. And I didn't look, that didn't come up in my search, but there are lots of, there's a board game and there's like all sorts of things about it. Lots of videos about it. Someone made a very nice um, map based on this chapter and it went through the gameplay and they wrote a little summary of the chapter. And one of the things they said was, I'll never forget when I read this chapter, I was in a restaurant and I couldn't stop laughing. All right. Okay. Were you, were you able to stop laughing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. And so even looking up the themes, even looking up, it, I th- I'm just trying to find ways to renew my interest in this because it's waning. Like I'm, I'm just like not interested in looking things up and hmm. trying to figure it out. And I thought like maybe, and I know that I'm missing things. I feel like, I feel like maybe we're missing a lot. And so that makes it unenjoyable. That's my theory. Like. (laughs) Right. I mean, sure. That could, could be, of course. I just feel like. Are you more confident in your dislike than I am? I guess I'm more confident that I'm not missing anything that would make it like all make sense and all be worth it because there are there's enough things that i do catch that don't help (laughs) okay so this is okay i've actually got an argument here is that there were in the in the same section there's a long section at um at a boston alcoholics anonymous meeting right Mm -hmm. and as we were meeting some of the characters it's it's uh there's people mentioned in generalities and then there's some people mentioned by specifically by name and a few of them are just briefly you know have one or two sentences just to indicate they are there mm-hmm. and one of them was um Clinette. i think that's how you say the name let me quick see if i can see remind me about Clinette. so <laughs> Clinette is a character that is mentioned in the cats on the table um clinette is a character who is mentioned in the section with wardell the very first dialect section yes. we ever encountered okay and so and and looking at the dates um and now that we know i did actually flip back and look at that and looking at the dates that is a couple years ago and so clinette is a little bit older now and she's in alcoholics anonymous but that's is the Clinette one of the black women? Yes. So how she's described. Not yes. those aren't my No, that's how she's described, yeah, yeah in this section. Yeah. And so but that's the extent of you know, that 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 description 
is the extent of her impact on that scene. In the Alcoholics Anonymous scene, it is mentioned, it is mentioned, and it's all from Gately's perspective, that the black people mostly talk to the black people, he says. And one of them was, Clinette was there, and talking to another woman, another black woman, and they said, oh girl, I think that's the entire quote. And so that's the extent of her impact is just, hey, remember, I told you about this character 400 pages ago okay we're not we're at 315 okay so i I told you about this paper 250 pages ago remember that well she's here now she's a little older i'm not going to tell you anything about her now and she doesn't impact the scene similarly um eredi or however you say his name um is very briefly there um, he gets a little bit more character, and he's the, the guy who was waiting for marijuana. Wait, what? So okay, how did I miss that? How did you figure well, that? Well, here's how you missed it: is because it's just again, there's no impact. It's just his name. It's just he's here now. He's at Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, are you talking about the guy in the beginning who we didn't? The the guy in the very beginning who with the, the blinds. Li- yeah, with the blinds and the cleaning the blinds. Oh, I was and- running a theory that it was actually older Hal. Nope. It's already. It's. How did it, you it, know? But he's not I, named in the first section, right? He is. Uh, which I went back and. Well, good and, for you. How did you even? Well, because I was going back and looking for Clinette. So I was going back and looking for Clinette, which is a name I recognized. And I was like, okay, well, let me look at some of these other names and just see if I remember them from somewhere else. So this is a thing I noticed. I did the research. I did look back in the book, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything. It just, all it tells me is, oh, some of the people... They might show up again. Well, it tells me they might show up again. And, and the entire emotional impact of they are at Alcoholics Anonymous, um, um, Aridy or, or however you say his name, I'm just gonna, that's what I'm going to call him, Aridy or however you say his name. The impact of his entire earlier story is, um, yeah, he was, he has a weird cyclical addiction to marijuana and now he's at Alcoholics Anonymous and Clinette He's not even at Ennett House. He's just at AA. Maybe it's... I'd I'd have to go now look on whether he's part of the group that has come with Gately. Yeah. So maybe he's at Ennett House, and that's how Gately knows his name. So yeah, I think there's an implication that these are the people that have... It's either stated or there's an implication that these are the people who've come from Ennett House with Gately to be monitored. Well, that's some good sleuthing. So... Yes, there's probably stuff I'm missing, but I mean, but like, I don't know what that would add to like thematically. Like, okay, for Eshaton, 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 Eshaton. Things that this chart person pointed out that I did not pick up on was the term erasing your map means to like kill yourself yes oh and saying and that that's erasing, erasing the map mm, okay. <laughs> and the 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 dungeon master of this game his name is oh lord yes so he's like god yeah and they specifically say that he's Do god they? of the game okay 
<laughs> okay. Oh, that he's. Oh, Lord. Uh. I don't know. Okay. This is this is a little sideways. <laughs> that there. There's a Taylor Swift video lately, recently. The um, settle, settle down, calm down. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't heard the song. And there was a well, actually, there's been. A, I can't remember which one this is about. So there was a Taylor Swift video recently that was. Um, had lots and lots of, you know, visual stuff in it, right? I mean, as a video does. That's lots and lots of detail, right? Lots and lots of characters and lots and lots of detail. And and I, and I, there was a article, like, popped up in my Twitter feed that was, like, 15 Easter eggs in this video. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I like that video. Let me look. What are, what are the Easter eggs? And, to you know, it was, a, like, it was an absolutely classic clickbait article 13 of the 15 Easter eggs they were listing were things like, she holds a kitten. Taylor Swift likes kittens. Right? Which is like, that's not an Easter egg. That's I mean, that's that's a fact. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing from the video and a fact about it. That's not a that's not something we didn't notice. You know, there was uh, it was it was all stuff like that, and those are the, these like if oh lord for the person who's the god of the game, that's not a theme. That's a bad joke, is my opinion. I don't know. I'm just like I said. I'm just trying to absorb something, but it's also very hard to keep these themes in mind when you're like enmeshed in the level of detail that's being thrown at you. And you're like, I don't know, like I'm processing it and then to take a step back and be like, oh, how does this all, you know? Right. So there's the puzzle of how does it all fit together factually, right? Yeah. The pulp fictionness of it, the memento of it, of like just, just figuring it, the fact that it time jumps, the fact that there's so many characters just putting together what happened in what order when, yeah, that's how things happen. But then if you're trying to look for, like, meaning and themes on top of that, yeah. you're, you're setting yourself up for a bunch of work. <laughs> Which clearly I'm not interested in. I'm more interested in looking up stuff around this novel than actually reading it. Hmm. That's the truth. All right. <laughs> like, David Foster Wallace was a tennis kid. Oh, he's a tennis kid? Like he was a... He played some sort of competitive tennis. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And this is not related to the novel, but he stalked the author, Mary Carr, to the point where like he was following her children home from school and stuff. That's not good. Is David Foster Wallace canceled? <laughs> Can we cancel him now? <laughs> and then we don't have to finish reading the book because we just canceled him? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other fun facts that I learned, but now it's escaping me. They'll pop up occasionally, All right. and I'll just yell them out. All right, <laughs> take it away, Fuzzy. You didn't do the intro. Uh, hey, welcome to <laughs> Howling Fan Pod with Kate and Fuzzy. We're on week five. We read from pages 317 to page 390. My only thing, just a process thing this week, was uh, where the split 
I do try to read, you know, the, the two halves yeah. of the infinite summer reading program and where the, where the, I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, read my pages tonight and I have a very clear like stopping point. So it's a nice goal. And where I got to the point, just, just by the randomness of what those page breaks are, it was like halfway through that really intense Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I, so I flipped ahead, you know, just, just just figure out how many pages were left in that section. And I was like, like, oh, oh no. it's like 10 pages. <laughs> I don't want to just stop right in the middle. So I kept reading. You can't stop? Do you Not feel in the like middle of you a... You feel like you lose... Well, I felt... Uh, uh, we can talk about this. It actually was actually pretty intense. I mean, it actually had some feeling behind it and felt like it was communicating something. And so I didn't want to lose that momentum. I didn't want to, I was actually like sort of halfway enjoying the, the book for a minute. So I wanted to keep that going. <laughs> and then he ruined it. Did he? He did for me. What part? Um, let's see. I'm going to read, I'm going to look at our headings to make sure we don't miss anything. So we'll get there. Uh, we did start with Steeply and Marathe. Marath? Marath. What we've been calling Marath. I, d- I looked up. The last, I was like, how do you say that name? Yeah. Like, and I was expecting to find a whole bunch of French names. And the most common version of that name I could find is an an Indian last name, where it is pronounced Marathe. Hmm. But I don't know. Probably in French, it's Marath. Well, you would think French because Quebec. Great. But, uh... That section was just weird because the in the narration was sort of like, um, you know, the, the parts that are would theoretically be the, the omniscient third person narrator were in a little bit of broken English the way the same way Marath speaks. Okay. So that was just weird. I'm not disputing you. It's just yeah. Oh, yeah, that's okay. just more fodder for like who is telling this, um, which I have a I have a thing to say about that um and then there is the 22 pages that is eschaton 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 (laughs) and yeah here's my entire i have one note about that entire thing and it's about a footnote and it's about the voice of the footnote because it was because it was pemulus pemulus whatever however you say his name um i I had the same reaction, but then I had to go back and be like, oh, it says here he's telling. Yeah. And then it's in the footnote and he's like, hey, dude, or whatever. Right. So this is, the footnotes are weird. The endnotes are weird. You're, you're mad at the inconsistency of the narration of the footnotes. Yes. Well, of the whole thing now, now that I'm mad at the inconsistency. The one note that I, that I wrote down about that section was, and it was just like a page or two in, I was like, they play Quidditch. Oh. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> Next. The only thing that, in in terms of realism, which I don't know why I'm talking about anything about realism in conjunction, in conjunction with this novel, but in terms of realism, I was thinking like in like middle school, which is what the, the kids that are playing it are like 12 and 13, I mean, that is when I got into D&D, um, okay. and some friends of mine were into LARPing, you know, which is more complicated and involves actually running around. Um, and then by the, you know, in, I know lots of people who, like, in high school play, like, Assassin 
or any of these complicated games that have lots of rules and then you're you're playing the game like like assassin and its variations like you're playing the game even during your regular day <laughs> and having to juggle a lot you know maneuver the regular world and then also the world of the game and so it made sense. It may be out of you. everything. It actually made sense that, oh, okay. that this ridiculous game could be something that, that would be of interest to that would be of interest to twelve. Okay, and 13 that's years. helpful because I did not have that experience, so I didn't. I just thought, wow, these kids are really kind of nerdy. Like they just really like this intense game. Right. I mean, the actual specific game is, of course, completely ridiculous. <laughs> the notion that they would, you know have these ridiculous Cold War era names for the different factions and that they would actually care about the politics of, of all of this and everything. But yeah. But so and then the fact that. that it falls apart, I don't know, is is at least something happening. I feel like earlier in this, I mean, I would I would not have been surprised for the way this book goes if it was absolutely and simply a description of this incredibly complicated game. But and then, then the know, fact that it actually has a little bit of like some action, some emotional stakes that could possibly then affect, affect something else down the road. Yeah. People got hurt. So then it's the Boston Boston AA meeting. Uh, we learn that Joel is alive in a footnote, in an endnote. Because uh, there was a question whether her suicide attempt was successful or not. Okay. I thought, is that where it's introduced that she's alive? Yes. Okay. It's introduced that she's alive and that she has, in fact, already been uh, got, is out of the hospital and has been assigned to Ennett House. And it's for, sort of... Oh, sorry. No, good. And you kind of uh, realize that maybe she's not deformed. She's just really beautiful. Yes. Because last week I was like, oh, because that was a question. Like, Right. Does something happen to her or is she in disguise because she's so beautiful? Yeah. It's because she's so beautiful. She's too beautiful. I have a word. Prognathus. What's that? Having a protruding lower jaw. Okay. I got two words. You want to shoot me a word? I had to look up how to say it, and the the little robot guy pronounced it prolix. <laughs> prolix. Uh, using or containing too many words, tediously lengthy. Hmm. I think that's a wonderful word. Yeah. So appropriate. Yeah. The other thing I learned was what a tailor's notch is. I I know what it is only because I looked it up. Yeah. That was useful information. I found a whole Wikipedia article about like occupational uh deformations. Yeah. That there are other that there are occupations that uh shape your body. Cool. Should we share what a tailor's notch is since <laughs> maybe our dear listeners, listeners Dear listeners. What's a tailor's notch, Kate? Oh, um, tailors, when they were working on something, would put needles and hold them in their mouth, and little grooves and holes would happen to their teeth. Is that a good explanation? Yeah. yeah. So that they have these little indentations in their teeth. Yeah. Crazy. It was like tailor or, or, or cobbler 
Fever yeah. was one of the other ones of like cobblers pounding shoes and would hold it against their leg and develop over the years like deformations of their leg bones from <laughs> hitting themselves with a hammer, basically. Crazy but see, that's the thing. Like that stuff is fun to find out. But even when I looked that up, there were other, like you said, like what I found, there was also other deformations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, no time. Oh, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> <No time>. <laughs> <laughs> Can't read about this. All right. So I don't know the order here. I'm looking at my own notes, but that whole section, uh, in the Boston Alcoholics Anonymous, I have this big note that's like intense, like it felt very visceral and real of, of the experience. Not that I have firsthand experience of it, but it felt like it was coming from a place of firsthand experience about Alcoholics Anonymous meetings mm-hmm. and about the kind of speakers that there would be and about the kind of talk and, and about the feelings. You could tell he was having fun, like describing like the old timers and sort of making fun of them. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. The crocodiles. Yes. Sorry. There was I, also, I have a giant note that says dialect. <laughs> There's the there's the vo- the the Irish speaker that mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to say, um, and then so it all was going along, and then there was the story of the girl who gets up and and, I, and like we need like a content warning, like <laughs> tells the story of uh, her foster she's the foster child and the the biological child of the family she's with being molested for years and it's a ridiculous story it is it is both it is meant to to shock you and and be grotesque but it's so over the top and so ridiculous and the details are so ridiculous. And it comes after all these stories that are that feel like they're in the genre of real stories of real people's pain about about addiction and the kinds of things they might have done or not. And then this story is so ridiculous that it just flung me right out of that. Yeah. Of like and it it was it felt like it was David Foster Wallace showing his hand of like, oh yeah, by the way, all that other stuff, that was some real stuff from real people, but I have to show you that I can write here. So let me write something <laughs> to like really impact you. Yeah. I mean, what, what can I write You're about? Right. Ooh, write about being molested, but that's, that's not enough. What can, what details can I put on it? Ooh, yeah. a Raquel Welch mask. Yeah. I, I feel like very rarely does molestation get brought up in a novel for anything other than shock value. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it happens often, and you're like, oh, it's not necessary. But, yeah, there's a shift there. But it was so long. Like, that section was so long that, like, even following, like, I'm, yeah, I guess... I'm struggling. I'm oh, struggling. You're struggling. <laughs> like I can't. I, I'm looking for excuses of why I can't process this. 
You know what I mean? Like, like I think you're making some good points, and I'm like, I can't. Like, I'm not. I feel like I. I don't know. Are you like the people in the Alcoholics Anonymous house who are looking for excuses to be kicked out of the Alex Alcoholics Anonymous house? Like yeah, I'm you, like that woman with the foster sister. She was the example of uh, not taking responsibility or something. Oh, blaming, right. Like, right, blaming, yeah. And she was the example of what not to do. And then the next long story was an example of authentic. Yeah. And then that was a... I mean, it's so weird. That story was then was just as exaggerated, but... It seemed more possible. Seemed more possible. Felt more from a place of real pain. Oh, God. Did David Foster Wallace write the exaggerated one to try to (laughs) show that the character was exaggerating? But he still made the choice to put it in the book. And I think it just... (laughs) I don't want to give him that credit. Well... It was still unnecessary. Could it have been done better? But I mean, like, is this why people like it? Because they find the humor in that. And they're like, ha ha ha. That's so crazy. (laughs) Well, I don't want to meet people who think that section is funny. Well, it might just be a small group of people. Mm. I don't know. I'm. (laughs) But let's talk about you not liking the book or looking for excuses. Wait. So what, can you can you articulate? You just, you're just tired of looking at the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for ways to enjoy it. Okay, so you, you're looking for ways to enjoy it, but not finding them. And then when I hear you make these nice observations, I think I'm not reading it like that. Like I'm reading it to try and like get through it, <laughs> and not to reflect on it or like to notice things. Other than the blaringly obvious stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a value in just enduring. Like, <laughs> you have to say just, that, though. Just getting like you, through it. You can't say anything else. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I don't think I don't think you I'm can't even. Say, Life's too short. <laughs> <laughs> the world is a very old. Can I lick your forehead and say the world is very old? Is that from the book? Yes, that's from the book. Oh. Wait, Lyle the Lyle. the yoga master. That's what he that's what he does is lick people's foreheads. Yeah, he licks the sweat off of them. Okay, did they talk about that when they got into the Lyle section, or were you supposed to remember that? From you were supposed to remember that. Okay. I didn't. I was wondering why they were talking about how much people perspire. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's even weirder because that actually had some really thoughtful advice. Yeah. About wanting fame and stuff, but delivered. By a weird, creepy guy who's waiting in a locker room to lick your sweat. In the dark. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not weird because it's a locker room. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's what makes it not weird is that it's a locker room. It's a locker room. Have you been to a gym lately? (laughs) Yes. If someone in your gym was sitting on a towel dispenser waiting to lick people's foreheads. Would you say, oh, that's not that's not unusual because that's it's weird. a locker room. <laughs> I, that's just the charming absurdity of this novel that people find so funny. Hmm. Yeah. Charming absurdity. 
this was my thought. I was looking at the all of the what do you call these things? Blurbs. Blurbs. And I was like tempted to look up every single one of these and be like, "Is this a man writing this?" No, I would. I would guess that many of them are. Anyway, uh, you were doing the. Oh, just the, the rundown. I think, yeah, we just only have a little bit of the rundown left. There's actually, it kind of gets rapid fire at the end of this little section. I mean, there's actually like two sections on one page. We we visit Steeply and Mraith a little bit, and then we start going between. There's just a very short section of like um, himself and Lyle, and uh, and then we. There's a bo- we go back to the Boston AA meeting to hear the story about the infant, and then we come back to himself and I'll, and then the longest section right at the end of this is um, interdependence Interdependence Day at the Tennis Academy, which is mostly a description of a puppet show that is about politics. About politics. And so we learn the, um, and it is, you know what, actually for fixing this in time, it, um, the, the campaign of, of gentle, Johnny gentle, yes. know what his name is? Um, he's, it's described as millennial. So that is a re- somewhere around yeah. 2000. So that sort of fixes how far in the future this book is meant to be. So not that far, not that far from when it if was, the, and so then sort of. If he's elected sometime in the early 2000s, either so either 2000 or 2004, and then uh, then that's when sponsored time begins. Early into his administration. Yes. Or I guess he is described as a two-term. Yeah, he's been there for. So it could be as late as could be as sponsored time could begin as late as 2012, I guess. If he's 2004 and then 2008, I don't know. But if it's during his. I don't know. But I also got the feeling that he could have just changed term limits. Oh, yeah. I mean, who even knows? <laughs> who even knows? <laughs> um, there was also talk of fake news, which felt relevant today. I don't know how relevant it was back then. Mm. Do people talk about fake news? I don't think so. So prescient. Um, I do, oh, I had one more word from this section, which was... Um, I'm not going to say this right, but amanuentic, which comes from, I looked up that an amanuous is, um, there was some very long explanation with like a person who was paid to write on behalf of another, but I just wrote down a ghostwriter. So <laughs> am amanuentic is in the fashion of a ghostwriter. That was in the tennis academy. Yeah, that dinner. was in the tennis academy. Um, Puppet show. Uh, puppet show. I don't remember in what context now. So we made it through, <laughs> through this section. I think that the biggest, you know, a bunch of this is just so, okay. The puppet show about politics. It's a. It's a. We're watching a a film, a film cartridge, of of a puppet show that is an adaptation of a movie that of a four hour movie that had been made by the. I keep saying himself because I can't remember his. See, Jim, James, 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 James in Candenza. So, I mean, there's your there's your layers of of reference there, but um, and we learned a little bit about politics. Yeah, not really much. I mean, but, enough to make it be like okay, that starts. You know, we can start filling in blanks. Yeah, 
Yep. Yep. So that one, this was my one big aha. Not aha, aha. Not an aha. No, 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 no. Not that. Um, During the during the AA meeting chapter long section, it's split up by one very small little part that talks about how the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Liberty? The Statue of Liberty? <laughs> My lips stopped working. Oh, yeah. Is subsidized. Like every year they change out whatever product she's holding. Yes. Wow, that's pretty. <laughs> pretty um, pretty oh. stunning political commentary from David Foster Wallace. Well, it's not just that they it. name change the names of the years, but that the Statue of Liberty <laughs> holds a different product. Wait, I was trying to think like, I mean, freedom, and they talk a lot about being, you know, trapped by your disease, and then we talk about Lady Liberty, <laughs> and there's a lot about submitting to the higher whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> is, that a, is that a theme? Is that thematic content? Well, let's say it had a purpose. Okay. We could say that. I don't know if I want to, but we could. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No. You know what? Defend, I'm, not, I can't, I'm not trying I can't to knock you down it. your ideas. I'm not, I'm not, it's not something to defend. It's like, like I said, I'm grasping. Well, and I think, like I said, I'm not yelling at you. Yeah. I'm yelling at David Foster Wallace. You just happen to represent David Foster Wallace here. Oh, uh, at page 320. I don't know what happens on page 320, but that's where I started thinking that the book, this book, is the entertainment. <gasps> that was, oh, that that was my that was my theory that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> and, I, and, it's, and And I also... Did we both come to the same? Well, I've been thinking about like what I was thinking about, you know, what the question of like, who's, who's narrating this? What is this? Okay. And then there was the entertainment being a film cassette that people watch and cannot look away from. So it is the and best. They'll watch it until they, they die. Will watch it until they die because they will forget to eat or sleep or anything. Made it by is, James. James and Candenza. James Candenza. Okay. Go ahead. So it is. So by definition, and I think on, we on this podcast talked about like the problem of the best song in the world or the best, you know, how are you going to describe the best movie in the world that is the most entertaining thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's coming at some point, right, is the question of how do you describe the entertainment? Or do you just... Um, just watch people's reactions Just to watch it. people's reactions to it. I was thinking of uh, the, the what's in the briefcase yeah. in Pulp Fiction, yeah, right? Totally. You never see it because you just see people's reactions to it. So it's that's that's looming. But there is also in here, there is what is described explicitly as this is this is a description of a film. It's the, the film that Mario made about Hal's day at the Tennis Academy. Mm-hmm. And it explicitly says, this is a description of this film cartridge. And then it's not a, like, play-by-play of how you might describe to to someone what's happening if, if you try to describe them the plot of a movie or or a short film or, or a commercial even or something. It's a, it's a little narrative in second person, right? Telling, saying, you go to practice, you do this, right? It's, it's a narrative. It's a very much a literary device to describe a, 
an experience to represent showing a viewing of a film. Mm-hmm. So, so he was already established that he doesn't see a need to map one to one a thing to you know a description of a thing to calling it that thing. So that made me think. Well, what if we get to the end, and this whole thing, this whole thousand-page book, is that's what people have been watching. They've been watching this book, and I've described it as the most entertaining thing in the world. So, by by pro- logical process, this thing you just read is the most entertaining thing in the world. And if that's what he asserts, if we get to a place and that's what he asserts. I am going to walk to Lake Michigan, which is not very dramatic because it's two blocks away. I'm going to walk to Lake Michigan and I'm going to throw this book in Lake Michigan. Because that is a... I, 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 I came up with that idea that that's what this is, but if that's what this is, that is a ridiculous idea. Well, I can see why you're so mad. That would be... I, I came to that just being like, this is so painful. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yours makes more sense. But, well, that's, yeah, this is so painful. How could it be the entertainment? This is the least entertaining thing. It's not the least. I can imagine worse things. But it's... I'm thinking about what you said about that previous movie. I guess I kind of took it at face value that, of course, it was non-traditional because what about this book is going to go the way that you expect it to go? Sure. But I think that's a really smart way to look at it, that what he was trying to do. He so much of this book he approaches. I don't know if we. I don't know if I said this back then, but it just feels like so much of this book feels like he's at every point making conscious choices of like some sort of writing exercise, right? If like there's a straightforward way to say, oh, here I'm going to. I want. I want to describe to you what a what a film made by Mario is like, and there's a there's a straightforward way to do, to do that, but instead. Let me roll a random dot, you know, roll, pick, pick things out of a hat or something. And let's see, I've picked out, oh, second person narrative. Okay. I will describe a video with second person narrative as a, not because it, not because it's a technique that I've chosen because I think it better immerses you in a description of a film, but just purely as a exercise, as an exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is like seeing showboaty. Showboaty. Mr. Showoff. I looked at the Infinite Summer website, which I hadn't before, and they had recommendations for reader guides or aids. Mm -hmm. And like one of them they recommended was 500 pages long. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, okay. (laughs) And they say that the, the page where there is the, you see uh, subsidized time in order, mm-hmm. is super important. It's super important. Like they say, this is the utmost importance. Okay. Bookmark this page. Keep a, keep a thing there so you can always flip back to it. I don't, shrug. Shrug. I don't know. I, I mean, I've just been, yeah, I've been proceeding under the theory with subsidized time Again, because it doesn't seem super important, there is definitely a puzzle of, okay, exactly which events happened before and after which events. But I've just been running on a, like, okay, it is, it, 
now, in quotes, in the book is the obviously the fall of the year of depend adult undergarments, and pretty much everything else is is in the past. <laughs> so if you see a different year, that means a while ago, somewhere between one to eight years ago. Yeah. And that's enough level of detail. There hasn't been anything that really feels like I really need to puzzle out exactly. Was that eight years ago or seven years ago or six years ago? We're not halfway through. We're not halfway through. Oh, also, yeah, you know, I don't even... No, say it. It was just, um, he described one of the characters crossing his legs like a faggy schoolboy. I don't know. I'm just tired of it. Yeah. There was an N-word in the endnotes. And that's how, and I was just like, really? Oh, right. Did you? Yeah. He's blaming it on the character. Yeah. But I don't know that that added anything. It was like, you wanted to type that out. (laughs) I don't know. (sighs) Deep sigh. uh, Dan was telling one of his friends that I was doing this, and she... Her ex-boyfriend gave it, this book to her and said, like, every serious writer has to read this. And she never read it. And I was like, oh, she should listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'd like it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I hope you're listening. <laughs> well, anything else nope. on your list? I'm not trying to nope. rush you. Nope. All right. Well, next week... We are going to read pages 391 to 464. How can I keep reading this and not feel like I'm missing something? Maybe, I mean, there is that hope, right? That you're not missing anything, but that if you just keep absorbing stuff, that it's going to pay off. We're going to get to a point where it all makes sense. How smart is he going to give me something? Big question. Yeah, it does feel time for something to give us. There was a section that sort of hit. Uh, I'm trying to remember when it was. When we sort of got maybe about a quarter of the way through, where there was sort of a section that really felt like, okay, I've scattered a whole bunch of stuff here, but let me pull some of it together. I think when we when we got the section that really described the layout of the the whole of the tennis academy and the Ennett house that they were both on the same grounds Mm -hmm. started to sort of say, okay, let's take a pause here and connect some dots. These things are happening physically near to each other. And I'm going to really describe that layout to give you the lay of the land. feels like we're due for something like that again. I hope that the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting we just had where we just mentioned the names of some characters that we had met before was not that. But maybe, maybe that's just setting up for something in a little bit where those characters will actually come into play and actually have something to contribute, either plot-wise or emotionally. Maybe. I feel like if you actually listen to all these podcasts, it's just like you watch my decline. <laughs> I'm ready for it all to show up and just be like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully 
You know what? Maybe Hopefully we'll get, we won't get there. Or if we do, I hope it's entertaining. Maybe next week will be different. <laughs> maybe next week will be different. Could. Maybe it'll be a, maybe he'll pick out of his hat <laughs> as a writing exercise for next, for our next week's section. Write something really actually entertaining. <laughs> maybe that's the writing exercise he'll pick out. I can't wait till we're done with this and I can talk about people who like this book. <laughs> With authority. <laughs> right now, it's I, just kind of... Yeah. I'm trying not to focus on them. On those people out there. I'm just trying to have my own journey. As much as I'm yelling at David Foster Wallace. Yeah. And we're speculating about them. I'm having my own nightmare journey. So why worry <laughs> about what they think? Okay. You can find the podcast at terrible photos of people i love.com or on itunes by searching for howling fan pod because they're listening to it what they already know i don't know this is a thing podcasts do you say this at the end just in case somebody emailed a direct link and they don't know how to subscribe to things or how to i don't know okay. this is a thing we do do your thing we th we thank noogenics for coming up with our theme music we thank Dave Stinton for giving us the, the name Howling Fan Pod. And we thank David Foster Wallace for writing the 2,000-page novel. <laughs> I say 2,000 pages because as soon as we get to the end, we're going to start over. <laughs> It'll be like Steve Delahoyne and Abba. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll start to hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only book we're going to read for the rest of our lives. <laughs> okay. Okay.